God is our source, but the body is our resource. And in a modern world where uh, the television has taught you that this is connectivity, this is not connectivity, this is disconnectivity. So uh, we have to actually be taught again how to connect to God and how to connect to each other. And to, to connect to a human, this device can't be between you. It's not, ha, ha, he, he, did you see what was on my phone? Can you look into someone's eyes and ask a question, how are you, how's your family, and let them share their thoughts and their feelings with you, and you reply. This is called connectivity, and this actually energizes us rather than depletes us, where this is a depletionary tool. And so that was our goal this weekend, that we learn how to uh, connect with God. Intimacy means into me see. That means you have to take your mask off to have that intimacy. And only in that, as we begin to learn to do that, you know, men to men, men are shoulder to shoulder, women are face to face. Uh, women connect through talk, men connect in different ways. So we need each other more than other. So let's turn in your weapons manual to uh, Joshua, a scripture you all know well, Joshua 1.8. As you're turning there, pastor said something this morning that he's probably said a thousand times. Uh, I know he's going to talk about grace, but he said, you know, my grace is sufficient. But how many times have we heard the phrase and how we've said it? Yes, God's grace is sufficient. And it struck me, though, for the first time, uh, again, the word sufficient. In, in American English vernacular, we translate the word sufficient when we hear it, enough. It's, it's, just, it's just enough is how we translate that word. But biblically, the word sufficient doesn't mean just enough. The word sufficient in, in Hebrew and in Greek actually means it raises up a barrier against anything trying to come in, and then it lifts you up and elevates you out of whatever you're in. That's really different than going, it, it'd be kind of like this. If you came over to my house and I'm like, hey, we don't have any dinner, but I've got something, you know, it's apple pie. We're going to have dinner, and this is just going to have to be enough. But if you sat at God's table and he said, I know this looks like apple pie, but in this apple pie are all the minerals you need, all the protein you need, the fruit you need. It's more than enough. When you take a bite, you're going to be like, glory, and it's going to taste like apple pie because that's what it looks like. So when we say my grace is sufficient, we need to say to ourselves, God, whatever you have is more than enough, not, oh, it's sufficient as in that's good enough or just enough. Amen? That's important as we hear this message that we hear it with the right ear. Okay, I was just giving you time to turn. You there? Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So we all go, yes, we love Joshua 1.8, and we can all quote it, and we especially like the last part that says, have good success. Notice that it says good success, which means there's types of success that would be nice. There's three sentences that tell us how to have the good success. So can we back the bus up and just stay on this one verse? Because when we bring our tithes and our offerings, we need to know that we're accessing a covenant. I like to say it like this. God's part of the covenant was providing all the blessings, but because it's a partnership, your job is to learn how to receive the blessing, which means there's something you have to do. So when you find out what God did, you immediately want to know what you need to do. 
which is in front of you, so that you can receive what he's already done. It's a partnership. So you can't access it if, if you're not going to do your part. So here's our part. This book, and I love the word this in Hebrew because in English it would be an adjective, but it's a personal masculine pronoun. It's him. So he said this book. He said, Jesus, me, I'm the book. It's not the word this. Listen to the this and the that's in the Bible because therein always lies your revelation. This me, masculine pronoun, this letter, this evidence of commands or law, commands. People want to go, oh, anytime they hear the word law, we're not under the curse of the law. There is a book of laws and commandment. We have laws and commandments, stop signs, uh, thou shalt not steal. Uh, the government believes in that at least one commandment still. Etc. So we're not uh, we are not excused or pardoned from the commandments that Jesus Himself uh, said uh, in His book. Uh, legislator. That word law actually means a binding force to all the citizens or subjects of that state to lay out, to throw, to shoot as an arrow, to point by aiming the finger to instruct and teach. So that's how we were to take the commands. We were to put them, this book of the law, this book, Jesus, me, the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth. The pointing of your finger in the spirit is your mouth. The laying out, the instruction, the commands, the shooting forth, the commands of God like arrows into your own future, making the way, penetrating. How about instead of the enemy always firing darts at us and us just blocking them? Why don't we? What do you call that thing? Crossbow. Yeah, I think. Okay. That sounds good. Shall not. The word shall is the strongest word in the English language. So when you pair it with the word not, shall not, it's a double negative. That means there's no way, even come hell or high water, and hell and high water's coming, that this can come against you unless you let it. Yeah, shall not. So Jesus has issued the command, shall not. That means the only person that can allow it, it to be instead of not is you. Because he's already raised up the standard. So he's like, I just need you to put this in your mouth and then it shall not. But if it is in your life, it's because you're not, you're not partnering with my shall not. Does that help us? Shall not depart. That word depart means not to leave your mouth, withdraw, literally or figuratively. So when Paul said, could we pray without ceasing? Yeah, we could keep the word of God in our mouth all day. It's real hard to complain about them taking too long to get your fast food and you want it faster in the line, been there, done that, hurry up, making the coffee nervous. Uh, <laughs> it, it's real hard to do that and you're talking a lot and you're like, oh, you know, but Jesus says, if, if the book doesn't depart from your mouth, remember, we're figuring out how we're going to have success. Jesus is not responsible for our success, but isn't that good news? Because he's got 7 billion people. And so we're, we're empowered to have our own. Leave or withdraw out of your mouth. That means the portion, the command, including your mind, the entry, the whole. So when people say pie hole, I guess that's scripturally accurate. <laughs> Watch what comes out of the hole. Um, the speech, your wishes, and your word, literally and figuratively two-edged. Okay, this is the stuff coming out of your mouth. It's going to be for work for you or work against you. Two sides to that. So, again, make it your size because you're going to wear it. All the words that you say are boomerang, and they come back, pow, and boom, it rang when it hits you upside your head. Or, boom, there's the blessing. 
day and night, that's a literal, and in adversity, that, the word that means you may observe, that you may guard, protect, watch, and look narrowly at yourself, that what to do, that you're going to have to observe, not minding other people's business and going around telling them, hey, you need to do this, you need to start saying that, you need to stop doing that, you need to uh, stop saying that. It says that you were to guard and look narrowly. That means without distraction, that you were to look at, look at yourself and watch, that you were to watch that you were doing the doing. Because James said, if you hear only and we don't do, then we are deceiving ourselves. Satan's not deceiving us. You don't need to rebuke Satan. Just slap yourself. Yeah, it's faster. Yeah, by faster. Send your arm out as far, I can't say it as good as you can, and at the highest possible velocity of speed, release it in the direction of your face. Yeah. <laughs> they can demonstrate that much better. But thou shalt meditate, which means to murmur, ponder, utter, and study and talk day and night. That you would accomplish, advance, go about according to all that is written and then for then. That word then means at that time and place. In other words, when you've done all that, that's the time and place. People say, well, I've, I'm going to do all to stand. Tell me that all you did, I can't think of anything. Then how do you know that you've, yeah. So he's saying, this is the all. You're going to do all these things. And then in that time and in that place, you get the next part. Because and is a conjunction, right? It co-joins what was behind it to what's in front of it. Then at that time, place, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Oh, my goodness. God's not going to make my way prosperous. No, ma'am. No, sir. He said, you're going to do it because he's already done it. And if his part's already done, Jehovah Jireh, the God who foresees, lays up everything you need and provides, then the only person that in the universe is waiting on, heaven, hell, and all humanity, is you. Yeah, you to just do your part. And that's the easy part, right? And this is that you'll make. That means to push forward, make, and break out. People are like, I'm not going forward. It's your job to, to do this, and it'll push you forward in the direction of your destiny. The word that will make thy way prosperous, that word prosperous is exactly the same as the word make. Push forward, make, and break out. At that time and place, you'll have good success. Here's what the biblical definition of success includes. Intelligence, instruction, skill, understanding, and wisdom. Why doesn't it list money? Money is a resource on the earth. When you have these things, money these things. And if we were to seek money, then we could not have these things. But if we were to seek after these things, money follows without you having to seek it. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the things. Money's a thing. It gets, it's part of the added to you. Or you can seek the money. Knock yourself out. And Jesus said, it will be like water that flows through your fingers that you can't grasp. But it will take wings and fly away. So when we come on Sundays to bring our tithes and offerings, Joshua 1.8 is very important. We're like, this is, my, this is my proof, God, that I believe you're Jehovah Jireh, that you're more than enough. My actions must line, have a corresponding, must correspond to my speech. I can't just go, I have faith in general. No, my action of faith must line up exactly with the words I just said so that I can strike that mantle and I can strike that flow because I'm the one that's going to make my way prosperous. But I'm going to do it God's way if it's going to work. I can try to do it my way, and he's trying that. So let me sum it up. Jesus will act as a binding force in your life, binding you to the covenant blessings he provided for you. When you think on and speak them without interruption, 
guarding this as your most important endeavor during the day. This will push you forward on the path of the abundant life he has planned for you with all the things that pertain to the abundant life and godliness as your companions on this path. Remember, success is up to you. And tithing, access is your covenant blessing. Amen? So let's get ready.